Hey guys, and welcome back to Spilling with Sarah. So if you listened to my last episode, you know, we were kind of wilding out there. You know, I talked with my typical Sarah lingo, which half the time doesn't make sense. I'm pretty vulgar. So we talked a little bit about dating after a breakup and dating apps and all of those little fun things. I know I've been talking a lot about, you know, some serious things and whatever, but it's just a current thing I'm going through. And so if you didn't listen to that one, again, I'm always going to say this. You should because it was great. Hate to pat myself on the back there. Just kidding. But no, really, it was a good one. It was a little switch up. It was comical, you know, because I'm a jackass and don't even make sense half the time. But hey, so I know in my first episode, I talked a little bit well, not a little bit. I talked a lot about my background and my story. And I talked a lot about my little brother. And I know I mentioned my dad and his illness. And I've just been having a rough couple of days. So I wanted to touch more on my dad. And, you know, I've just, when I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about everything, I think that it's important to live a meaningful life and I think that we easily forget that sometimes. So I've just been thinking a lot about it lately. So I wanted to share my thoughts with you guys and we're gonna get a little we're gonna get a little personal. We might get a little sappy. I might shed a few tears as I'm sitting here drinking my glass of wine. By the way, if you haven't been to Cooper's Hawk, if you live in Michigan and haven't been to Cooper's Hawk, Go there and try their freaking wine. It's 10 out of 10. Highly suggest. Just saying. But anyways, we're gonna we're gonna get a little sappy today. I'm feeling I'm feeling sappy. So let's let's get to it. Basically, growing up, I feel like every most girls are daddy's girls. You'll always hear a girl saying, you know, I'm daddy's little princess or daddy's little girl, whatever. This is a literal term when it comes to me and my dad. We've always been two peas in a pod. And I mean, I'm super close with my whole family. My brother was my best friend. My mom, me and my mom are best friends. Me and my dad are best friends. But me and my dad, literally, like anybody that knows us, I mean, my whole family, we're all like that. But I'm not trying to make it seem like I'm not close with my mom or anything. But my mom's actually been having health issues lately too. But I want to, you know, I'm just focusing on my dad's illness because dealing with my brothers and my dad's, it's just, it's the reason why I am the way I am. And it's just made me realize some things. So I'll just give you some examples, prime examples of the Sarah and the Griff relationship here. It's an epic one. So, you know, growing up, if my mom would tell me no, I would always go to my dad and that's how I would always get what I want. Some might say that I was a spoiled brat. Not that I'm a brat, but I was spoiled. My dad just did that. But my dad was the discipliner. You know, like if we got in trouble or were grounded, there was a phase where I was always freaking grounded. I swear. And he would take my door off the hinges. He would take my TV out of my room, my stereo out of my room, even my fucking bunny rabbit out of my room. Like, really? Really? I can't even like look at the rabbit? Whatever. And then if Zach would get grounded, he would get to play with his action figures and play his video games and do whatever he wanted. So I would always use that to my advantage and guilt trip, you know, 
it's a cancer tactic and it's a Sarah tactic. Just kidding. <laughs> but, you know, so my dad, my mom was more of the softy in that sense. But I could always sweet talk my dad into anything. So right after I graduated high school, I wanted a puppy. And, you know, my mom was like, no, no, no. If you bring a dog home, I'll throw your shit out on the front fucking lawn. No fucking way. Blah, blah, blah. If anyone knows Jody, this is how she talks. Great lady. It's where I get my sailor mouth from. Gotta love her for it. But she was like, no, no, no. So I found this cute little collie Australian Shepherd mix and I show my dad and he's like, oh, she's so cute. And I'm like, isn't she? And, you know, Griff didn't say no. So I took it upon myself to decide that that was a yeah for Griff. So I drove out to Port Huron, I think, with two of my friends and we picked up this cute little dog and brought her home. And my mom came home and... I thought she honestly was going to shit her pants. She very well might have. Still don't know to this day. But she freaks the fuck out and starts screaming at me, telling me that I have to return the dog. And I'm like, (laughs) tough titty because I can't do that. So my dad comes home and I'm like, oh, the first thing I said, I was like, well, dad didn't say no. So my dad comes home from work and... She's like, did you tell her she could get a dog? And my dad's like, I never said that. I'm like, yeah, well, you didn't say no. So I took that as a yeah. And he just like looked at me with his big eyes. My dad has like the prettiest blue eyes. And he'll when he gets like pissed off or irritated or like he's trying not to laugh, his eyes will get really big and he'll look at me. That's how me and my brother always knew we were in trouble. His eyes would literally get so fucking big. That's why my eyes do the same thing. Whatever. So there I go ranting again. Sorry, guys. Um. So my parents literally ended up not talking for four days. My mom was so pissed. And now my mom is literally attached to this dog's hip, loves her, wouldn't know what she would do without her. I'm like, yeah, I remember when you wanted me to take her back and she just tells me to fuck off. But, you know, that's just one example. Another example, school shopping. So usually the moms like to shop, you know, ladies, we love to shop. It's in our nature. Jody, not in her nature. Jody hates it. Jody hates the malls. Jody fucking refuses. So she used to take Zach before me and Zach developed our tradition because Zach didn't give a shit. So they would be in and out with within an hour and a half. Me and my dad, we would make a whole day of this. You would catch us at Somerset, sipping on our Starbucks, walking over, we would call it the rich side, on the rich side, acting like we had business over there when we in fact didn't. But Anyway, my dad would always be like, you can get five outfits. You go to school for five days. I I would always end up getting, you know, seven or eight because I would try stuff on. And it was so cute. Like, I would be in the dressing room and my dad would bring me stuff. He'd be like, oh, this would look nice on you. Literally, my dad's the cutest thing ever. Like, the cutest man in the world, I swear to God. And then I would have all these all this stuff and he would be like, okay, you have to put something back. I'm like, well, this is on sale. Do you remember how good this looked? And he would just give me those big eyes and he'd be like, Sarah. And I'd be like, thanks, dad. Love you. And, you know, that would be that. So I'd end up leaving with like eight outfits, three pair of shoes, new purses. Like I was a whole brand new bitch. Like I didn't need clothes for the rest of the fucking year. And my mom would get so pissed because my dad would overspend. And he would always have to, you know, explain. But it is what it is. Literally, some of my favorite memories are me and my dad just going shopping together and literally having the best time of our lives. Like it was like forever, forever, forever. My favorite memory, (laughs) one of my favorite memories. 
another good one is, uh, you know, one time we were going camping. So my dad had bought a Christmas tree on sale in December, hid it in the trunk for my mom because he didn't want her finding out. So when she opens the car to go camping in the summer and pack it up and there's a Christmas tree box in there, she's like, Graf, what the fuck is this? You know? And my dad's excuses. Well, it was on sale and we needed a new one. My mom's like, we have three trees downstairs. My dad's like, well, now we have four. Just like shit like that. <laughs> Another good example is when I moved out and got my own house. You know, my brother wasn't here anymore. And my dad loves the fucking Salvation Army. This motherfucker loves it. So he would go take trips there, like date weekly, several times a week. And he comes home with this set of 20 different coffee cups. And my mom's like, my mom called me so pissed off. She's like, what the fuck? There's two of us. I don't even drink coffee. My mom doesn't. And she's like, we don't need 20 coffee cups. My dad's like, but they were on sale and it was a set. They were $1.20 a piece. My mom's like, so you went and spent like 30 bucks on 20 coffee cups that we're never going to touch? And he's like, oh, they're nice. You know, whatever. That was just his excuse for everything. There was a good sale. You wouldn't catch Griff passing it up. He would go to stores, sign up for the credit card to get the 20 to 25% off, pay it off right away so the bill would never come to, for my mom to bitch at him, and then hide the shit in the trunk. Or he would hide it in the basement or wherever, or at my aunt's or wherever, and forget that he hid shit there. Literally, just typical, typical Griff. But, you know, after, it's like memories like this that I, I'll literally forever cherish. And after my dad had got got sick and back in 2019, you know, he hasn't been able to drive or do anything like that. So sometimes I just really miss like having those moments with him and being able to kind of escape reality, you know, like it was something that really helped me when things were, you know, when we were struggling going through it with my brother. And now you know, we're not able to do those things. And I know I talked about it a little bit in my first episode that I made, but my dad was in that car accident and, um, you know, they took him to the hospital after and that's when they found his, um, tumor. And it's just since then, like things have been so rough and it's like different than it was with my brother just because, of where my dad's tumor is. Probably the fact that he's a little older, but honestly, my dad has been through so much and just seeing how he gets up every day and just has that cute little smile on his face is like amazing. And I'm happy that I'm able to help him in the ways that I am. But it's just really hard to watch someone that you love so much struggle and there's nothing you can do to help them. I mean, I know I've already been through this before, but with my dad, it's like he's such a kind-hearted, like, pure soul. Like, that's how I describe my dad. Like, the kindest, most pure human being I've ever met. Just like my brother. And my my mom is like this too, but my my mom's a little more out there than my dad and my brother. But... My dad is just, like, the sweetest, kindest, 
most pure human being ever. And lately there's been a couple rough days and sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it's hard to like sit and watch him. You know, he's, I'm so thankful he's here, but he's not really here. You know what I mean? So it's really hard to deal with that. And I don't even like, I don't even talk about this with like my friends, you know? So kind of wild that I'm just like putting it out there. And I think it's just because like, I don't want people to feel sorry for me. I don't want people, you know, I don't, I don't want like, I just don't want people to think that I'm like begging for attention or anything like that. You know what I mean? It's just, I feel like dealing with something like this, it several times now and going through the things I have in the last couple years, it's just like created a purpose for me. And I just want to make sure that I'm being transparent with myself and with everybody else. You know, sometimes it's not easy for me to talk about. And sometimes I do have those really hard weeks where I'm just like, shit, man, life is like kicking me in the ass. And this week is one of those weeks. So I'm just like, you know, I'm, I have to like, here I go with the like shit again. Oh dear. Um, anyways, I have to reroute my thinking. You have to shift your perspective when you catch yourself feeling this way. And I think when you're caring for, when you're caring for someone who has something like cancer, I think it's super important, you know, just like, sorry, like, whoo, there I go. Just making sure that, that you show up, you know, support is the most important thing. I think just telling my dad, like, I'm here for you, like, and just being physically present is what means the most to him. You know, having, having cancer is, it is not an easy experience. And it's even worse when a person feels alone, isolated, or abandoned, you know? So I think it's, it's just important to just show up and show that you're always there. And I think that's something that my dad really appreciates. He might not, he might not be able to realize it all the time because there are days where he's really confused and that's when it really breaks my heart. And I'm just like, I have to like remove myself for a minute because he won't remember certain things. And I'm just, it's not something that's easy for me to deal with. That's not something I experienced with my brother. So it's definitely, you know, he's like here, but he's not. And that's not an easy thing to deal with. But I know that it's something that means the world to him. And it's something that really like meant the world for me that I was able to do, you know, for my brother. Another thing is like, I feel like people, I mean, I know we can all think a little cynical at times, like, because it's inevitable what, what can happen, but we obviously don't know, like it's in God's hands. And I think oftentimes we think about, or we talk about death, you know, um, I think, I think it's just really important. Maybe, maybe if someone asks you a question, you know, my dad hasn't done this and my brother didn't, but my ex's mom did. I was super close with her and she would always, we would always talk about it. And I would always bring up talking about my brother. And I think just knowing, just giving her clarity and making her feel like she had someone to relate to, I think that meant a lot to her. So it meant a lot to me, just knowing that I was able to make a difference for her in that way. it, It just it makes a difference, you know? 
and just be, being honest. If you don't know how to show up for someone that is struggling with cancer or an illness, you know, like MS or they're disabled and you're taking care of them or they have dementia and you're taking care of them, like anything, just just be honest about it. Just say you don't know how to help. You know, tell tell your, tell whoever it is that you're taking care of or whoever's helping you take care of them that you want to help, but you don't know what to do right at that moment in time. You know, honesty, it comes from a positive place and that's what, that's what builds trust. And that's what, that's what you want with any relationship. You know, I think also we got to be important with what we share. Um, sometimes I think people feel like it's insensitive to talk about other things that are going on in their life. But sometimes I think it's like a good, it's a good distraction. You know, lately, even if my dad isn't able to respond the way that he used to, I still share everything with him because he's like my best friend and we talk about everything and the conversations don't go the same anymore. But I know that that means a lot to him that he feels like he's the person that I go to for everything. So I think, I think that's important. And, you know, you also have to make sure that you're letting your love, sorry, I'm getting real sappy. (laughs) Um, must be the wine. Um, but also I think it's important to allow your loved one to feel what they're feeling, you know, living, living with something, sorry, I keep relating it to cancer just because that's my experience. But I think it's living with it is an emotional roller coaster. So I think we all get so tempted to talk, talk to our loved one about beating cancer, but honestly, the experience with cancer is not a positive one, you know? Instead, I think it's important that we encourage them to be in touch with their feelings. That's just something that I have done, you know. Um, but my my brother and my dad are both extremely positive people, so I like that's I like have aspired to be like them. Like they're that's just how they are. But I think it's okay to remind them that it's okay to feel down that they're going through a tough time. You know, I never really had to do that with my brother, but sometimes. I have to do that with my dad. I can just see the look on his face. And sometimes I know that he feels lost, but he doesn't know like how to communicate it, you know? So I think that is something, it's just important. And it's also important to make sure you're always bringing laughter. You know, me and my mom, especially with my dad, I mean, my brother, he was always bringing laughter, you know, but with my dad, you know, me and my mom are always cracking jokes or, you know, doing stuff to make him laugh. I mean, I think my dad thinks I'm probably the funniest person in the world and I quite might be. (laughs) Just kidding. Maybe. Um, But I think that that's something that he really appreciates because it it allows him to, because he'll never, he'll never tell you that he's sad or upset, but you know, you can just tell. And so when his, when his energy is feeling low, it like lifts him up and that, that makes feel good, you know? I just think that knowing how to support a loved one through cancer, it's a really daunting and scary challenge. And it's obviously something that you you want to get right and you want to do to the best of your ability. You want to show up and you you want to make them feel the best that they can feel. We might not always be saying and doing the right thing, but just knowing that we're there and we want to do whatever we can to help them, that's that's 
the tremendous support system that someone with can- struggling with cancer feels. And it honestly makes the biggest difference. You know, my, I just, my whole point and kind of bring that up is sometimes I just like, sometimes I just feel like it's really hard to, you know, deal with things, especially lately. I've just had a really shit week and we all have those. And it's like, whenever, whenever this happens, I end up overthinking everything and I end up thinking about all the bad things. And, you know, it's really, I really have worked over the last couple of years to shift my perspective when this happens. And it's not an easy thing to do. And I'm not perfect at it. I still struggle, you know, but it's like dealing with caring for my brother and the loss of him. And then with my dad being diagnosed, I kind of had to accept my new reality. When, like, when you go through a traumatic experience like this, I feel like people start to look at you differently, sometimes even treat you differently. You know, sometimes some people will tell you how much of an inspiration you are and they call you a hero. Or, you know, sometimes I feel like people think that you use things to your advantage and it's when it's not the case. It might, you know, to some people it could come off that way, but it just, it's just a difficult, it's a difficult thing and it's not an easy thing to talk about. You know, for someone who's lived through that hero journey, you know, like I would say how my dad is right now, you know, against all odds and how, how I've personally persevered, you know, people think that it makes you better and braver. But the truth is the hardest part for me has been accepting what my new reality is. And it's not an easy thing. It's not an easy thing to do. You know, after, after what I've been through, I never thought in a million years that this would happen to me again. And some days I some days I wake up and I, I feel filled with like great guilt almost because I'm like feeling sorry for myself. And then I have to remind myself how lucky I am to still be here and how lucky I am that my dad is still here. Especially lately, I just wake up feeling so sad and so lost that honestly, I can like barely breathe. Sometimes I sit and I fantasize about what my life was like before my dad was sick or before my brother passed away. And, you know, I have to stop expecting myself to return to that girl that I was nine years ago before experiencing anything like this. And when I realize that I'm not that person anymore, I actually do start to feel a little better. But in, in the end, I think that's the trick. You, we, we need to, we need to stop seeing health as binary between sick and healthy or well and unwell or whole or broken to stop thinking that there's some beautiful, perfect fairy tale state of wellness to strive for and quit living in a constant state of dissatisfaction until we reach it. You know, like every one of us, every single one of us will have our life interrupted, whether it's by a shitty diagnosis, whether it's by a heartbreak, or whether it's by some type of trauma that brings us to our knees to the floor. You know, lately I just feel like I've had to find 
ways to like live in that in-between place. By that, I mean like manage whatever is happening right now that I currently have to deal with. You know, when I'm able to do this, then that that's that's when I feel a sense of clarity. That's like the real hero's journey to me. You know, that's when you you've achieved what it is to actually be well, which is to stay alive and just be be present and grateful in in the messy in the messiest whole sense of life. So lately I've really been thinking, you know, how how can I how can I live my life more meaningfully? You know, first and foremost, I've just discovered, you know, it's belonging. Belonging comes from being in relationships where you feel valued for who you are, and it honestly comes from where you value others as well. True belonging, that that comes from love. It, it lives in the moments between people and it's a choice. You're, we're able to choose to do this. You know, secondly, it's purpose. Finding your purpose is, it's not, it's not the same thing as finding, finding that job or that person or that house or buying that thing that makes you happy. Purpose is, to me, is less about what you want and more about what you give. The key to purpose is, like, using those strengths to serve other people. You know, I've noticed over the last couple years, you know, even, like, going back to when my brother was sick, having a healthcare job, you know, it prepared me, and I was able to you know, even though I don't work in the medical field anymore, I I love helping people. Like, I love putting a smile on someone's face and making a difference or knowing that I made a difference or knowing that I was able to help them or make them feel better. And I just have a special place in my heart for people who have cancer because I just relate to it. So whenever I would, I worked on a chemo floor and whenever I would have patients that had cancer, I would just bond with them. I would sit and talk with them and, you know, I just I just have learned that I feel like one of my biggest strengths is helping other people. Third, sometimes you have to step beyond yourself, but in a completely different way. What I mean by this is is with transcendence. And transcendence states are, you know, those those rare moments that you feel that you're lifted above, you know, the daily in and outs and the hustle and bustle of your daily life. You know, your sense of self fades away and you feel connected to like a higher purpose, a higher reality. You know, this can come from so many different things. It can come from seeing like a a pretty picture, you know, going to an art gallery, going to church. And for me, I've just realized Lately, it helps or it, it happens when I'm caring for my father. And lastly, we have storytelling. The story you tell about yourself or your life, like I'm doing right now, 
you know, creating a narrative from the events of your life, it bring it brings us clarity. It does. You know, it helps you understand how you became you. When I sit here and I talk about this and I put it out there, I'm just, it helps me like almost understand more, you know, and that's where the clarity comes in. But I don't even, you know, I don't always realize that I'm the author of my own story and I can change the way that I'm telling it at any time. You know, my, my life isn't just a list of events. I can edit, interpret, and retell the story whatever way that I want to. You know, even when constrained by the facts that I have been constrained with. You know, happiness is always something that's going to come and go. But when life is really good, and even when things are really bad, you know, having meaning, that that just, it gives us something to hold on to. I've just really learned that loss is truly one of those emotions that you just don't know until you do. You don't know the loss of a child until it's your own. You know, you, you don't know a loss of a husband or a wife until it's your own. You don't know the loss of a brother or a sister until it's your own. You don't know what it's like to live through, you know, a shitty breakup or an unwanted divorce or an unwanted diagnosis or a cancer diagnosis until you do. And, and this goes for anything, you know, no matter how empathetic and caring you are, you you truly just don't know. It's something that you you honestly don't know how it feels until it literally happens to you. And I've just learned that an important part of the healing process is being a light to those who are newly on the path. You know, the pain that I've lived through, I've learned that it becomes meaningful when I've turned around to see who's behind me struggling and and offer my hand. Grief is such a lonely and isolating feeling. It's the worst feeling in the world. Well, one of the worst. You know, the further we journey and the more that we realize that loss happens to everyone, not just us, you know, that's that's when we're able to kind of heal ourselves for the moment. I just think while going through things and grieving and healing, it's really important to be a light to others because that will heal you too. And that's honestly something that my dad taught me, you know, going through everything with my brother and my mom was strong as can be too. And so was my dad. And I mean, I was that way for them, you know, my brother's funeral, I feel like I really held it together for my parents because I wanted to be strong because I know I lost my brother and I was so sad, but I didn't know how they were feeling. You know, I didn't have, I don't have a child, so I don't, I didn't know that feeling. And to me, when, when a parent has to outlive their child, that's one of the biggest heartbreaks you could ever experience, you know, but this is just something that my dad has taught me, and I I look back at everything, and when I when I catch myself in these you know falling in this dark hole or this downward spiral, I I have to like give myself a pep talk and be like okay like what what is meaningful you know like what have you learned or you know I do look back on those memories and that I hold close to my heart and those are things that you know. I'll sit and I'll think about, and then I'll, in that moment, I'll feel better. I think it's just, you know, it's super, nobody can tell you how to feel better about a situation or how, how to feel about something, you know, but I think that 
kind of relating to other people and just realizing that you're not alone on this journey. That's something that I have to realize. You know, it, it helps you it helps you feel better. It makes you feel like you have people to turn to. You know, for anyone that ever is struggling with these emotions, talk to me. Like, I'll be here for anybody. I'll talk to anybody any 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 day of the week about this kind of stuff. Um I just I feel like I get I mean like my mom is so empathetic too, but I feel like you know, my dad has taught me it's just my dad's pure and gentle soul <laughs> that has taught me to be this way. And 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 I know it's life too, like I just think it's important when you go through things don't let life harden you. Let it let it make you better. And it took me a while to get to this place and I'm not perfect and I still have my days. Like there's days where I just don't even want to deal with anything. But just being able to shift your perspective and kind of change the way that you're thinking about the situation and be like, okay, like I know I'm dealing with this. Like I know my dad's going through it right now and it's really tough to watch, but you know, at least he's still here. And let me, let me think about things. Let me think about things this way. You know, I just think that will help make a difference in your situation overall. And I know my advice might not matter. And I don't even know if people even listen to this all the way through. And I know I feel like I talk in circles and whatever, but I was just feeling as I'm sipping on my, you know, white sangria from Cooper's Hawk here. I was just feeling kind of inspired and I'm like, you know what? This is the first time this week that I've been able to talk myself off a ledge and be able to shift my mindset and shift my focus on to something that's going to benefit me and can benefit other people. So I felt like sharing. So that is my story for today. I hope that you guys were able to take something away from this. And like I said, if anyone ever needs a helping hand, I'm always here for anybody and just make sure that throughout this process, whatever your process might be, because we're all on different journeys, make sure you're offering a hand to others. I promise you the wise words of Griff Howell, being the bigger, being a bigger person in a situation, being, being a good person, being, just being, being the best that you could possibly be will always be the best answer and it'll always make you feel the best in any situation regardless of what the circumstances are. I know it's hard to think of things that way sometimes, but once you can get yourself to a place of doing that, then you'll feel so much better. I promise you that. Until next time, guys.